Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss it. It's my pleasure to welcome dive Joe Anderson and George Williams to the podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. So, gentlemen, you guys started Reliability X. Although super brief, Joe, you want to go first? Tell us about yourself, and then we'll have George introduce himself as well. Yeah, it's uh, Joe Anderson, uh, Chief Operating Officer and Partner at Reliability X. And I'm George Williams, CEO and founder of Reliability X. All right, excellent. What is Reliability X? So Reliability X is a um, boy. How do we describe that, Joe? We are a consulting organization that offer the implementation of holistic reliability, geared specifically towards uh, manufacturing sites, uh, as well as we offer coaching, mentoring, and and uh, teaching in a variety of mechanisms. So we, we partner with the University of Wisconsin and offer teaching through them. Uh, in addition to that, we offer personalized courses on site uh, associated to a variety of, of topics. All right, excellent. And prior to founding and working with ReliabilityX, you guys have had extensive experience implementing these systems within organizations. How long would you guys say you've been involved in maintenance and reliability overall? For me, uh, 18 years old, I got my start in the beef packing industry. So uh, since I was 18, which is uh, over 25 years now. So it's been a while for me. Yeah, and I, I, I used to work, uh, I guess, summers during high school in a garage fixing diesel engines on trucks. So it, it's been <laughs> it's been my entire life pretty much, um, which which puts me closer to 30 years. All right. Excellent. So a vast amount of experience. And over the course of working with industries, working as consultants, you guys have had to sell the idea of reliability. Now, that's what we really want to talk about is how do we sell reliability? How do we get people on board? How do we get people moving in the right direction with this? But before we dive into the nuts and bolts of that, what is reliability in your definition? So for me, I I see reliability as an input, right? It's it's all of the things that we do that surround systems, processes, procedures, and the folks that we train and coach that make give us the ability to be a reliable organization and to impact business. And so for me, reliability is all the things that you do as an organization geared towards achieving the organizational objectives. And you do those things with a mindset of ensuring the output of all of that execution should be a reliable organization. Yeah, to beg Georgia on that for sure. I mean, we're, again, we're aligned in what we do here. So from a holistic reliability perspective, um, that's definitely it. It's all those things that create the desired outputs, um, which your desired outputs are the organizational objectives. With it being so important and reliability making having such an influence and impact on our businesses, 
why do we even have to sell it when we know it's the right thing to do? And you talk to senior managers, they know it's the right thing to do. Why do we got to sell it? I would say it's, um, we all know what we need to do, what the right things to do are, but the question really is, is how do we do it? And I think that's the hang up uh, with a lot of folks is the ability to communicate effectively um, what it is as to how you're going to go about doing it. Um, I can go in and say we need to do planning and scheduling and everybody's going to say, yes, I agree. Um, but the question is, what's your plan and how are you going to implement that plan in order to achieve the result that you're trying to sell the organization? Um, so that ability to articulate, uh, you know, your need for it is through the house and showing that you have the competency to do it um, by developing that plan and showing them what the plan is, plus the ability to capture the ROI on the back end. I think the other piece of that, Joe, is that, <clears throat> that some folks suffer from knowledge, right? So when we say, well, we all know we need it, the folks that practice on the, on the, in the reliability industry suffer from their own knowledge. And so just because you can spend money to increase reliability doesn't necessarily mean your business needs to at the moment. In some cases, your business has growth opportunities and they need to invest in other areas. And it may be justifiable not to invest, you know, in specific issues that you would like tackled from a reliability perspective. And so you're selling it in competition with every other dollar that the business has. All right. So we're balancing and managing our working capital, essentially. Is it better off to expand in, expand production, expand marketing and sales, or is it better to focus on getting better efficiency from our process? And sometimes, sometimes we have to choose between those, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the current state that we're in right now, for example, if you're in the food industry, <clears throat> the food's flying off the shelves. So your throughputs or your uh, demand for throughput is probably going through the roof, right? So uh, we're seeing that with a lot of, you know, uh, companies. So that changes um, a lot of the focus in the organization because of something like this, where before it might've been, um, well, we need to work on some safety things and we need to work on these things. And now it's all about uh, quantity. And so, at any given moment, those focuses could change, and, and you're seeing that now. And, and you have organizations out there right now, as you mentioned, Joe, they, they can't find enough capacity to supply demand. So right. they're going to start making some business choices. They might put lines in that they know when this balances out, the line's kind of useless because they're not going to have that same demand, or maybe they won't have that same demand. Right. And so from a reliability perspective, they could find the capacity that exists within the plant in the lack of efficiency or the losses that are happening where they can invest money and buy new equipment. Well, who's going to sell them on the first option and how are they going to sell it if they, if they don't understand how to achieve it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we know now why we got to sell reliability. Who are we selling it to? Are we selling it to the senior executives, the people on the plant floor, people in between or all of the above? Who are we trying to sell this to? We're definitely selling it to all of the above because just like safety or quality, it's everyone, uh, it's everyone's responsibility, right? So it's just the way that we sell it will be a little different uh, depending on who we're dealing with. So for example, upper management 
a lot of times it's talk about either risk or financials or whatever, where frontline employees, they don't care so much about that. It's more about quality of life, uh, making their life easier, those types of things. So it's understanding your audience and then how to, you know, speak with each of those different audiences. All right. Excellent. So we're selling it to the entire plant. But like you said, we got to cater that message, tweak that message to the audience we're, we're talking to. So sure. if we focus our message towards the leadership portion, how do we sell it to them? I know you mentioned risk and, you know, return on investment, a couple of things like that. But how do we really sell it to them? I think you have to understand their motivations. You have to understand your organization. Is your organization a, a tie it to hard savings organization? Is your leadership team focused on statistics or are they focused on um, safety? Or are they focused on quality? It really depends on what the overall company goals are and tying it to that. I think one of the areas that we struggle in trying to sell reliability to leadership is that we always try to sell it to the dollar. We always try to narrow it down to the savings, whether it's hard or soft savings. And we forget the fact that reliability can help your safety targets, can help your quality targets, can help profitability, but also can help things like your commitment to your employees. And so we have organizations that have whole departments dedicated to ensuring safety and ensuring quality, and ensuring quality of life for employees, but we don't try to sell to them. And and if we did, if we were to, to express how in a reliability state you are helping the safety program, then that's one more person at the table that's on your side that can help be an advocate for you, that can help you get the resources you need to implement appropriately. And we, it, we struggle with that uh, typically in industry we stay trying to focus on a dollar and don't really understand that there's a lot of goals within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was working on a project and talking to an executive vice president. They could care less about what the ROI was. They were more concerned about what are we going to do to reduce some of the risk that the organization was exposed to, whether it was fire, compliance, those types of things. They were more focused on using this to drive down risk. And ROI was not even a conversation with that individual. But it showed, right, so, sorry, go ahead. But it showed that you know, while return on investment is important, there's many other factors that drive the decision makers within these organizations. Yeah, no doubt. And if you don't if you don't know what your audience is looking for, it's really hard to sell them. Absolutely. Now, let's switch gears and think about the plant floor. How do we sell it to the plant floor? You mentioned quality of life. So, what does that mean? Is that mean less overtime, or you know? Because that can be a conflicting one. Sometimes they want more, sometimes they want less. So how do we sell it to the plant floor? Yeah, it can be. Um, but it's more about less stress, um, less safety risk on them, you know, not working as hard, working smarter, um, those types of things. For example, if I sell you, if you have a machine that's failing all the time and it's causing you to overreach, overstretch, do all this type of stuff, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off um, in this reactive nonsense, then if I can say, listen, I want to get it to where you can sit right here in this chair, watch this thing run and read a book for me, would you be willing to do that? It's giving them some hope and a different perspective because most people don't want to walk into work and be in that reactive environment. 
So if you can show them how you can get them there, help them see your vision um, through a means of actually making their life easier, um, I, I think it's a fairly easy sell. I think there's a couple things there too, Joe. You, you know, you're not really selling reliability to the plant floor. You're selling yourself. And so you have to be a good listener. You have to make their issues go away and you have to earn, you have to give and earn respect. And and when that happens, at that point, you can then start to coach and mentor and train people to operate and maintain the equipment appropriately so they can live in that stress-free environment. All right. Excellent. So, you know, it's eliminating their stress, eliminating their risks from safety. You know, I talk to a lot of mechanics sometimes for them. It's simply they're going to get less radio calls over the course of the day. And to them, that's well, that's what drives them. That makes their life easier. So we really have to understand the messaging to our people. But what methods are we using to sell to them? Is it town halls? Is it flyers? Is it the things up on the TV within the plant? What are we using to sell to our audience, whoever that may be? I think visiting the plant floor is the best thing you can do. I, I, getting folks to the plant floor to observe, to listen, to talk, to understand what's happening, the more we can do that, the more we're in a position to un, to be able to help. And I think that disconnect you see nowadays is is two parts. One is the folks that in some cases are responsible for reliability are selling reliability for the sake of the asset and not selling reliability for the sake of the business. And so, you know, they want to reduce downtime for the sake of the equipment, not necessarily tying it to people and to the business. And I think that approach is a is a mistake. The second piece is you've got to get people that have the ability to provide resources and fix issues out to the plant floor. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think getting out to the plant floor is the foundational piece with everything else, um, the emails, the town halls, uh, the posters in the hallway, just reiterating that message. I think what a lot of times what we've seen is you'll have the posters, the emails, and the town halls, but nobody going out to the shop floor and seeing what the true problems are, how they can help, how they can remove obstacles, being the leader that you know people really want them to be. And so it's a huge gap, but it's an easy one to fix. It's just going out there and talking to people, uh, leading people, developing relationships, trying to solve problems. Um, and then when you put the poster up in the hallway, it takes on a whole new meaning to the group of people that you're leading versus it just being the shallow um, dog and pony show. All right. Excellent. So, you know, we got to start on the shop floor. Then we use all those other aspects to further and reinforce that communication. Some excellent words of wisdom here. It sounds like you guys have done this at least once or twice out in plants and organizations <laughs> around. A few times. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out iridicio.com for a free copy of their ebook, A Smarter Way of Preventative Maintenance. This ebook will allow you to review your current maintenance program and eliminate the non-value-added work you're doing, which is most likely causing you more downtime than it is preventing. www.iridicio.com. So what do you think makes the biggest difference in being successful with selling reliability? What's that thing that, you know, you find works and really makes a difference? Educating yourself. I, I think it's two two aspects, James. One is educating yourself, getting yourself 
you know, read as many books as you can and understand the logic behind you, not only the business, but the logic behind the implementation of, of holistic reliability or changing the way the organization does business. I think the second piece of that in terms of selling reliability is to understand it's not you, but it's you. Like Joe mentioned earlier, you've got to know your audience. And, and as you alluded to, you can't be selling reliability as an ROI in a risk adverse organization where they're more worried about risk level. And so if you don't understand who your boss is and what motivates them, how can you possibly talk to them and, and pitch ideas or demonstrate value? And, and I think that's kind of where all those things are. If, if I would say that, you know, the biggest mistakes that are made are thinking we know everything because I, I continue to learn as much as I can consistently. And one of the reasons I teach is so I can learn from the people that, that hopefully are there to learn from me. And the second piece is learning your audience and, and getting a room full of people to shake their head up and down. If, if you don't know what motivates them, that's hard to do. Yeah. And then, you know, once those things are established, the next step is finding your small core team that wants change and doing a pilot. I, I think pilots work really well to get quick wins and get more buy-in so people can see that you're not all talk, that you have a game plan and you know what you're doing. So you develop the credibility needed when you walk into the next meeting and ask for, you know, funding or people or resources or whatever it is. You have a small case study to back you up that this isn't just talk. I've now shown you the results. And so, you know, like George said, one, educating yourself to understanding the business and those aspects and how to communicate with people properly. And then three is, you know, doing that pilot just to show them. Um, the way I've always done it is I didn't really ask permission. I just went and did it. Um, the way I looked at it is you hired me to be the subject matter expert in my area. So I'll go show you. Now that doesn't work for everybody and everybody's not me. And I understand that. Um, but that's kind of the way I've always taken it is you hired me to do this job. I'll show you how to do it. And I would just go out there, start a pilot, show them the results. And then we would talk about it later. Um, but that's just me. And what's interesting is, you know, you say that's just you, but everyone has a different approach that works well. Uh, part of that is knowing your audience, connecting with your audience, being able to establish those relationships to help sell this. And I think, you know, there's not a one size fits all approach for selling reliability and implementing reliability. It's going to be customized, if you will, based on who's doing it, who the audience is, all those sorts of variables. Yeah. And what your strengths are and weaknesses are, because um, you can only really play to your strengths. Now you always want to work on your weaknesses, but uh, James, your strengths are probably a lot different than my strengths. And so the way you're going to approach the problem versus the way George approaches the problem or the way that I approach the problem, they're probably going to be, uh, there'll be some similarities, but they will be a lot different as well. Absolutely. And that's why having a team come up with some of this stuff and work through some of these communication plans or selling reliability. When you have a team approach, you get all those different perspectives. And I think that makes it that much more impactful. For sure. Now, if you guys had a magic wand, what is the one thing you would do to have organizations sell reliability differently? Stop thinking of, of it as maintenance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the first yeah. thing that comes to my head because most folks that are in the, in the space of reliability 
are looking at maintenance-related downtime events, and they're trying to correct those. And whether they are through, you know, changing their preventative maintenance strategy or utilizing predictive technologies, they are focused on the maintenance aspect of the equipment and not the value proposition of the equipment. And so they're focused on reliability for the sake of the asset. So if, if a piece of equipment it has minor stops all day long and produces half of what it should have produced but didn't have any maintenance-related downtime show up in the CMMS, nobody's focusing on it. But which one has more, more impact to the business? And so we, we, what, I, what Joe and I would like to change is the understanding that reliability is a holistic approach and that yep. we, we focus and strive to operationalize reliability. And what that means is it becomes an activity that everybody's involved in. And and right now it's a maintenance effort. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that is a great topic. You know, I was working with a client this week and they're focused on, you know, the maintenance aspect. When we start looking at the data, you realize that that's only about 10% of the downtime. The rest of it is that speed loss or quality loss that yep. they weren't even paying attention to. Reliability sure. nails all of those aspects, right? We're looking at all the aspects that OE, OE is and more. So we're looking at the downtime, the speed loss, the quality loss, all those aspects. And I think I agree 100%. More and more organizations have to focus on all of those aspects when they're selling reliability. Well, they have to focus on the one that can the most, right? Oops. Whether, whether that falls into the loss bucket, the speed, you know, of speed or quality or maintenance, you know, they have to do that analysis. But, it, you know, just like, like most folks on the listening are probably familiar with the Pareto analysis, but they're pulling the data out of their CMMS. And we should be pulling that data not just from the CMMS, but also from our SCADA systems and many other areas to show where the biggest opportunity to impact the business is. Yeah, and it's more than just OEE as well. I mean, there's 30 major losses in manufacturing. And most of those, all of those are tied to reliability. Now, with OEE, traditionally, there's six. I teach that there's seven um, big losses that they focus on. But there's a lot more to that than just the OEE as well. And so understanding all those loss buckets, the problem is, is we have a single bucket in most plants, and we call it unplanned downtime. And then unplanned downtime gets tied to maintenance, when really there's 30 major losses there's seven big losses for the sake of my argument. And uh, we don't break those down into the correct buckets or we don't put definitions behind them or um, and set standards and those types of things. And so we just sit there and say, it's unplanned downtime, unplanned downtime. Well, if an employee hits an e-stop and it takes me 20 minutes to troubleshoot it, pull the e-stop out, reset the machine and get it running, is that a maintenance issue, right? And a lot of times you sit in the morning meetings as a maintenance manager and they're going, well, we had that e-stop incident and maintenance took 20 minutes to respond. And so it's a blame culture of maintenance getting the blame for that. But is that really a maintenance issue? And when you split out those losses and understand your buckets, it gives you the vision to see where all your problems are. So you know what you can go do to correct to get better. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. We have all those ways, you know, seven, eight ways, depending on which acronym yep. you use. Um, we yep. got to be looking at all those pieces, right? Now, yep. what is the one action you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today on selling reliability? 
What do you want them to go do differently tomorrow? Learn their business. Learn their business. It, it, it's not about the asset. It's about the business. And if they don't understand, you know, and and that doesn't matter if it's manufacturing, research and development, pharma, you've got to understand the business, the business objectives and how those objectives trickle down to your seat. And if you're not sure what your objectives are, ask your management team what their objectives are and then figure out your scope of work inside of those. Understanding the business is, is the thing that I would say is the action that folks should be taking if they're not already extremely familiar. And that doesn't mean to understand that you make bagels every day. It, it, it means really understanding what does that supply chain look like? How is capital managed inside your business? How do people get funding inside your business? Do you even have a budget? If you don't have a budget, why don't you have a budget? How do you develop that budget? It, the business side of what it is we do every day is a a huge golden egg sitting on the on the floor and and we don't we don't tend to to take a look at that yeah and i would say that and learning your audience right they kind of tie together so if you're going to communicate um the need for these things is knowing what the business is wanting to achieve and the type of organization you are um i, I think that's highly important as well yeah, absolutely. Building off what you guys said, uh, one of our one of my other guests on the podcast, you know, he's mentioned it multiple times. One of the best things you can do in reliability is go make an accounting friend because they or finance friend because they can transfer and translate what you're saying into dollars and cents and financial terms for the senior leadership. Now, that might not be the only aspect they're focused on, but at least we can get the numbers right. It's supported. We're communicating in a language they understand. Um, So learning your business, learning all those pieces, I think is absolutely vital as well. For sure. I mean, and your other participant is 100% correct. I truly believe that. I mean, we might not be talking financials all the time, but guess who it is they go to when they have a question? You know, it's going to be the plant controller or the accounting finance group. You know, even if it's a safety related issue, they're still going to go talk to the accounting group. So when you have an advocate fight for you, as well as these these accounting groups want you to bring them savings because they have to report too. most of them are almost required these days to report some sort of savings. And so it's a win win for both of you. Absolutely. Well, gents, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about how to sell reliability. But before we go, where can people find out more about you guys, Reliability X, all the great things you guys are doing? Where can they learn more? They just can go right to www.reliabilityx.com and take a look at uh, all the different things that uh, that sit there. Um, we're, we're actually adding a lot of different functionality to that website as we speak and content. So, There'll be a substantial amount of content coming out very shortly in terms of learning exercises and capabilities, as well as tools to utilize um, for them to download as well. And uh, LinkedIn, we have a page, um, plus our LinkedIn accounts, uh, Joe Anderson, George Williams. Uh, Follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, We'll start utilizing that and Twitter as well. So. All right. Excellent. And last question before we go. What are your favorite resources for people that want to learn more about selling reliability? Is there a book, an article, a class? What, what's, the, what's your go-to resource? 
uh, it's an email address. It's called ask at reliabilityx.com. Shoot <laughs> us an email. <laughs> they just shoot us an email. We can help, you know, answer all their questions. Uh, I have an article called um, Selling Maintenance as a Profit Center. Um, it's in Plant Services Magazine. Uh, I do a lot of speaking around this topic. Um, I've done all, there's videos um, online as well. Um, but I would say, you know, as far as me personally, resources, uh, I think Ron Moore's uh, materials are some of the best. And that's kind of who I use that. And uh, Stephen Thomas, the, with all Stephen Thomas' books he has for maintenance and reliability, I think are great resources for him. All right. Excellent. I will make sure to put links to all those in the show notes. Your website, your LinkedIn page, your guys' LinkedIn accounts, and your article on selling maintenance as a profit center, as well as some of those books as well. So thank you so much, gentlemen. I truly appreciate it. And thank you. Thanks, James. James, thanks for having us on. Have a great day. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.